Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Feeding and Leading Podcast. This is a special episode for us because we have a guest. So I'm, I'm joined, as always, with Andy Taylor, but also joining us on this episode is Dr. Stephen Rummage. Dr. Rummage is the pastor of Quell Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, and he is the author of a book called Planning Your Preaching. And that is going to be the topic of our episode today, to talk about how making a plan for preaching can benefit you and how you can actually do that. I think you'll find what Dr. Rummage has to share on this topic really, really interesting and really helpful to you as a preacher. And so, Dr. Rummage, thanks so much for joining us, brother. Hey, I am so glad to be with you today, Dr. Fisher. It's just great to be part of this podcast, and I'm thankful to God for the difference that I know it's making in the lives of pastors. Before we dive into the planning your preaching topic, I wanted you to share with our listeners about a really incredible event that's coming up at Quail Springs at the end of October and the 1st of November which are going to be Who's Your One workshops about evangelism. Share with us a little bit about that. Well, I am really, really excited about these, and it's the last Wednesday in October. That's October 26th, the first Wednesday in November. And uh, these are two Who's Your One evangelism workshops. The schedule is the same for both of them, two different speakers. And I would love for pastors all across Oklahoma, if you're able to come to one, come to one. If you can come to both, that's even better. We would love for you to be a part of that. And this is something that Quail Springs is really excited about partnering with Oklahoma Baptists to be involved in, just to equip pastors for evangelism. So if I could just Good. tell you a little bit about yeah, the schedule. On, uh, on Wednesday, uh, both Wednesdays, it'll start at 4 o'clock with a session for pastors. And the first week, our guest speaker is going to be Danny Forshe. Dr. Forshe is the lead pastor of uh, Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. He taught evangelism at Southeastern and Southwestern seminaries. Incredible, incredible heart for evangelism and just a real passion for training and encouraging pastors. He's going to be speaking in that afternoon session on the pastor on the front line of evangelism. And so Danny will be speaking starting at 4 o'clock. That will include a Q&A session. And then after that, we're going to be having a fellowship meal with pastors uh, from 5.30 to 6.30. Quail Springs is really excited about hosting that. And then after the meal, uh, and, and by the way, at the meal, I'm looking forward just to talking about evangelism and how God is working in our churches across the state uh, to draw people to Jesus Christ as we seek to share the gospel. Then that after, that evening at 6.30, from 6.30 to 7.45, we'll have a session for pastors along with our whole Quell Springs uh, Baptist Church family. And that evening for the first session, or the first week, Danny Forshee is going to be talking about uh, he's got a message called For the One, and he just talks about how we can go after that one person in our lives 
who needs Jesus and what we can do to share the gospel with them. So that's the first of these two Wednesdays on the last Wednesday of October. And in that evening session, um, bring bring your church members to that yeah, as well. That's absolutely mm-hmm. right. It's it's for anyone who would come. We'd love for you to be a part. The next week, the first Wednesday night in uh, November, uh, we're going to be having Jimmy Scroggins. And of course, you know, uh, Jimmy is uh, the the originator, the creator of the three circles mm-hmm. of evangelism strategy that God has just been using in such a mighty way. In the afternoon session uh, for pastors, he's going to be talking about uh, leading with a strategic evangelistic vision as a pastor, and uh, we'll do the same thing. He'll do the session starting uh, that afternoon at 4 o'clock and at Q&A after that. We'll have a meal, 5.30 to 6.30. And then at 6.30 that night, uh, Jimmy is going to go through the three circles step oh, by neat. step. Amen. Awesome. That's good. And cool. so it's, it's going to be yeah. great. I'm really excited about that. Thank you for letting me talk about it today. Really great. So that last Wednesday of October and the first Wednesday of November. Right. And, and two different speakers, two different things, and try to come to both of them if you can. Yeah, so that's yeah. October 26th for the first one, November 2nd for the second one. Perfect. So let's talk about this this topic today about planning your preaching. And you've mm-hmm. written an entire book about this. <laughs> so just kind of talk to us about what is planning your preaching and, and how can it benefit a preacher to plan his preaching. Just kind of walk us through some of that. Yeah, so uh, about 20 years ago, I was a professor at Southeastern Seminary. I want to back up before I go any further and say I was a very young professor (laughs) at Southeastern (laughs) Seminary 20 years ago. And I I was. When I started teaching there, I uh, I was 28. And the average age of our students was 31. And so I wondered, you know, would anybody listen to me? And a friend of mine said, as long as you're given the test, people will, will listen to you. But anyway, I was, I was teaching there and, uh, and, and just had a heart as, as a preaching professor to write something that would help pastors with their overall preaching program. Mm-hmm. You know, most preaching books are written to address how to preach an individual sermon. Right. right. But the truth is, our preaching effectiveness is not so much dependent on, you know, one grand slam sermon as it is consistency, getting base hits week by week by mm-hmm. week in the pulpit. And so I wanted to write something that would help a preacher think about how do I look at the whole course of my preaching say over a year's worth of preaching, and how do I plan strategically to accomplish the objectives that I believe the Lord wants me to accomplish as a pastor? And so I wrote this book, Planning Your Preaching, and uh, wrote it as a professor and, you know, from the uh, professor's study, and then I've spent the last nearly 18 years back full-time in the pulpit Mm -hmm. as a pastor. And so I, I asked myself the question, will these things that seem to be really great ideas when I was, you know, in on a campus as a professor, will they really work on the field yeah. as a pastor? And here's what I found. They really do. The, the mm-hmm. idea of planning your preaching and just the discipline of, of putting together a years-long plan helps in so many ways. And in fact, it's helped in ways that I never even would have imagined when I wrote the book, because what I found is the plan that you have for your preaching also becomes a leadership tool for directing your uh, congregation and taking the congregation into the future as uh, as you're leading mm-hmm. them and uh, and preaching from week to week. Mm-hmm. So there's some benefits that that I've seen in planning your preaching. One, when you have a plan, it helps you to preach from a wider segment of God's word 
so that you can teach your congregation systematically and intentionally. Mm-hmm. All of us have, you know, certain strings that we like to pluck on most from from our homiletical harp, you know, things that we really <laughs> love to talk about. And, and, and those things are good. They're areas of passion for us and maybe areas of, of real burden that God's placed on our heart. But we want to make sure that we're teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God's Word and backing up and being able to look at your whole course of preaching mm-hmm. allows you to, to be very intentional about teaching your congregational congregation systematically from the Word of God. Another advantage is it reduces stress. Because when you have a plan, what you're doing is sort of cutting out your work for yourself week by week so that you're not sitting down on Monday trying to figure out what you're going to preach mm-hmm. on Sunday. I've discovered that there's only one thing more stressful than sitting down on Monday not knowing what I'm going to preach on Sunday. And that's sitting down on like Friday or Saturday, <laughs> Saturday yeah. not knowing what I'm going to preach on Sunday. Uh, and so I feel like it helps. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and so it, it decreases your stress. And then also, from a leadership standpoint, having a plan helps you and other leaders in your church know what the direction Mm. you're moving is so that then they can coordinate what they're doing for staff and for for volunteer leaders in your church to be able to say, okay, here's where our church is going. Here's where the pastor is going in his preaching ministry in the coming year. And I found that because the preaching expresses the vision— and because the preaching expresses what God is placing on the pastor's heart as the overseer of the church. I really believe if God gives you oversight of the church as the pastor, he's also going to give you insight into the lives of your people and foresight as to where he's moving in the future. That's good. And, and the preaching plan really helps you to express where you see God leading, where you see God taking you from a leadership standpoint it helps you to communicate that in advance mm, to your people. That's important. Good. Good stuff. So those are some of the advantages that I've seen. And then, you know, beyond that, it's just the the week-by-week planning of, of how you put together that preaching calendar. I'd be glad to talk to you yeah. about some of the mechanics. Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, before we jump to those mechanics, do you find I'll, – I'll, I guess I'll speak anecdotally here uh, – I think there there were seasons in my life as a pastor that I felt like when I would come down out of the pulpit, man, I I just sound the same. Mm-hmm. Do you find that planning your preaching helps you to? I know what the answer is to this, but <laughs> how does it help you to oversee all of that and say, okay, I'm not saying the same thing, or or fitting in some doctrinal uh, preaching or some apologetic preaching or whatever, just right. variety. And and I, I think I think well, first of all, I would say we don't need to feel bad about sounding the same. Yeah, that, that's the first. Yeah, I, right. I think um, you know. There, there, there's value in the consistency that we bring to the pulpit, and part of that has to do with the consistency of our approach, the consistency of our personality, the consistency of the way we approach the text. So those are not negatives, but what we don't want to do is get in a rut where, you know, we're, we're essentially just harping on the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think that, that when you plan, it allows you to back up and, and to be able to say ahead of time, okay, if I preach you know, if I'm preaching through this book of the Bible for this long, then I'm going to tend to stay on these themes constantly. So I might need to back off of that and go somewhere else for a season and then revisit those mm-hmm. themes later on. Yeah. And when, you, when you're looking at the whole picture, you can really help yourself do that. So speaking of preaching through books of the Bible, uh, 
here at Feeding and Leading. We are very pro that, <laughs> right. and, and I assume that you are as well. I am. I uh, I believe that the the most effective way to plan your preaching and the way of preaching that most honors the way the Word of God was given to us is systematic, sequential exposition through either a book of the Bible or a portion of, the, of a book of the Bible. Mm, that's good. Amen. So let's 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 talk about kind of the mechanics. Yeah. Of it. So so where do you begin with this? If if you were talking to a pastor who um, he he's not been accustomed to developing a a plan of preaching, where does he begin? How does he start? Does he sit down with a piece of paper, start writing dates down on the left hand column? <laughs> uh, what, how would you do that? Yeah, that's a good question. And and I, I will sort of preface this by saying. Everything I'm going to talk about assumes a year-long plan, right? So I'm going to sort of talk in those terms. But I would say also, for some pastors, you may not need to do a year-long plan. Yeah. You may you may need to do a quarters-long plan mm-hmm. or six-months-long plan. And so everything that I'm going to talk about can be adapted to, uh, you know, doing 13 weeks at a time or doing half a year at a time. But I'm going to talk about it from the standpoint of doing a whole year's plan. So here are the things that I think you need to do first you need to schedule a retreat for prayer and planning. And uh, I found that to plan a whole year's worth of preaching takes at least two or three uninterrupted days of planning. And I would recommend that you do that away from the church field. If you can get away from the office, even if it's just to go to a library or somewhere else, just where you can sort of step away from the day-to-day responsibilities. And I found a lot of times you can get a better view of your church mm-hmm. and your ministry field when you step back from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage uh, pastors to take either a couple of days or, if, if you can, a week for a, a prayer and planning retreat. I usually do that either in the late summer or this time of year in the early fall uh, because my goal is to have a preaching plan that goes from January through December, and I want to be able to share that with my staff and leaders sometime in the fall or, or late fall. And so begin by scheduling that planning retreat. The second thing I would tell you to do is to establish your preaching strategy. You know, Andy, before you do what you said, you know, eventually you are going to sit down with a piece of paper and write down dates and put in texts and things. But you're not just filling in dates on a calendar or putting texts down. What you're, what you're doing is prayerfully considering where God is leading your church and what God wants to do in the life of your congregation in the next year or in the next several months. And so you need to have a strategy. And, and so one of the things I do is just to pray through, God, where are you leading us? Mm-hmm. What are you doing in the life of this congregation? And how can my preaching ministry serve what I see you doing, Lord? And so I, I try to write out two to four specific strategies. Some of them may be um, some of them may be objectives that have to do with the spiritual growth of my people. Some of them may be institutional objectives, like it might be, well, we need to build this building or we need to make this programmatic change. And so I, I list some of those things and just think about what are some of the objectives I have as I put together my preaching strategy. And so I, I write that out, and, and usually I, I put that together leading up to the, uh, the prayer and planning retreat. Yeah. And then the next thing I do is to review sermons from previous years to look at what I preached in the past. If I'm starting at a new church, I try to find out, well, what has the previous pastor preached in the past? To see what things have been covered, 
what things have not been covered. You know, if I come to a church and I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to preach through the book of Ephesians, and I don't know that for the past four years the pastor has been doing a continuous study of the book of Ephesians, <laughs> you know, that, that puts me at a disadvantage. So I want to look to see what either I or my predecessor has done in the past, uh, what areas I may need to revisit, or what areas have been left out. I just review over the, uh, the previous year's sermons. And one of the things I ask is, where have I seen God work? How have I seen God move? Because it may be that God is moving through specific types of texts or specific themes and that he wants to continue to speak to the congregation through those things. So I review the, uh, the, the previous year's preaching. And then I move into the actual planning. Before I go to the calendar, I just begin to list out the different series that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, some, most of the time, that begins with expository series through books. I also will plan thematic series. Mm-hmm. Now, every sermon in that thematic series will still be expository. It will mm-hmm. take a text and right. preach the main subject with the structure of that text. But I, I might say, well, I need to do a, a thematic series on the family or a doctrinal series on the character of God or a series on the church. And, and just depending on on where I see the Lord leading to list some of those thematic series and to determine what texts and how many sermons for each one of those. One of the things that I do at our church, and I've done this for the last several years, in preparing for the, uh, the, the planning retreat, I will ask my staff, hey, what are needs that you see in your ministry area? Hmm. Uh, where are areas that God is speaking to you? What are some areas where God is speaking to you? Um, what are some needs that you see in our church as a whole? And I look at those because my the, the other leaders in my church can help me to see what some needs are in the church that I may not see. So I, I begin to plan those thematic series, put together the book series. And when I'm planning the book series, I, I start just by dividing that book into preaching units, mm-hmm. usually paragraphs, and I figure out what the beginning and end of each text is. And I give working titles to each message. And, and then usually for longer book series, I will break the book series into what I call mini-series. So I've been preaching from Luke for the past uh, two and a half years at Quell Springs. And it's been a continual series with some interruptions, but some continu- a continual series through Luke. But instead of just saying, okay, it's going to be all the way through every chapter of Luke, I break it down into, you know, a series on you know the you know let's say the first three chapters and then moving from there and I give each mini series its own title mm-hmm. that helps to do a reset for the congregation it helps for communication and publicity and those things so I de- I determine all those from there I get down to the business of putting the dates on the calendar and yeah. then mm-hmm. and then putting the messages in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's tricky as well. I usually do it about a, a quarter at a time as I'm planning. I'm planning for a whole year, but I, I sort of break it into quarters. And uh, for, for each week of the year or each Sunday of the year, I look at, you know, what's happening on the church calendar, what's happening with the denominational calendar, what's happening with the civic calendar, etc. Sometimes those things will have a bearing on what I preach. Sometimes they don't, but I sort of need to know those things. Mm-hmm. So I list all those things on the calendar, and then I start plugging in the uh, the sermons. I usually begin by scheduling messages for holidays and other events like Lord's Supper and special emphasis days. Mm-hmm. And then I just 
you know, I just take the sermon series that I've already planned, thematic series, series through books, and I plug that in to the calendar. Does, does that make sense? So Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Now, one thing that I found really is essential in doing this, and that is when you're planning, about every 12 weeks, you need to give yourself a flex day. So if I'm doing Sunday morning every 12 weeks on Sundays, I will give myself a flex where I don't plan anything. Because here's what's going to happen. The plan will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. A text is going to take longer than you thought to preach or whatever. <laughs> yep. And if you don't have those flex dates in there, then you wind up having to redo the whole thing. With the flex date in there, you can adjust without having to redo everything. And so I do flex dates you know, for a year just about every 12 weeks, and that helps me to adjust the calendar along the way. So I create the preaching calendar. Yes, now, sir. are those flex dates, to, does that include like your own vacation? No. Okay. A vacation date would be, that's a you solid just, date. Yeah, you know, so, right. so the flex day is when I literally have nothing planned, and, and I'm just planning to be able to put something in there. So if, if I get to a flex date and... Um, and it's gone perfectly... It's this, gone perfectly well, yeah. then I can preach a standalone message there then... I but like the truth is, Andy, yeah. it, it, always, get, it always way. gets filled in somehow. Yeah, well, and right. you, you you could have like a tragic death in your church sure, that, right. that was so huge. Right. You would be tone deaf to not get up there Sunday morning and and, and speak about that, that make that your exactly. message. That's and right. That yeah. flex date is really important for that. Well, and, you know, having the flex date, too, allows for freedom for the Holy Spirit of God to lead me in a different way week mm-hmm. by week. Sometimes people yeah. will, will look at the whole idea of planning and they'll say, well, how does that allow for the Holy Spirit's leadership in your preaching? And here's what I believe. The Holy Spirit of God knows what my people need to hear a year in advance yep. as well as he does a week in advance. And I actually find that when I'm planning the whole course of my preaching during that planning retreat, because I'm not just filling out a calendar, I'm praying and seeking God right. for not one sermon but a whole course of sermons. The Lord leads and he moves, yeah. but there may be times in the course of the year where something happens in the life mm-hmm. of the church or, God forbid, something like 9-11 happens right. in the life That's of right. our nation. That's right. Yeah. And boy, you better set That's aside right. what you had planned and do something different. Listen, that what you just said there about the – one of the criticisms you hear a little bit about planning your preaching is what you said. Well, you're kind of precluding the Holy Spirit. I, I can't tell you the number of times in my pastoral career where I preached a text and a sermon on a date, and I knew eight months ago right. I was preaching this text on this date, and somebody will walk up and say, you know, this happened to me this week, mm-hmm. and what you said was just absolutely pertinent. And that's a home run right there. We should, the, the, the Holy Spirit is in the planning of it, too. I believe that. and. And your people see that. Yes. And they know they know you didn't cherry pick that message. That's right. I'll tell you something that happened with us when I was serving a church in Florida. I was preaching a series during the summer on tough questions that people ask. And I gave people an opportunity to give me questions that they wanted to hear addressed. The first question that people wanted to hear addressed, no surprise, why do bad things happen mm-hmm. to God's people? Why do, why do bad things happen? That was the first message I was going to do. The week before I was to preach that message, I'd announced the subject. I announced the series, all these things. It was everything that was planned. The week before, we took our kids to camp. One of our counselors, he had just graduated from college. He was starting medical school in the fall. 
He was skin diving at a spring in, in the northern part of Florida, had been married 11 months to his mm. bride, and he died uh, while he was diving. Mm. It, was, it was traumatic and tragic. All of our kids were there when it happened, all of our students. Mm. So all of that was amplified. Mm. He was his, you know, somebody who was known and loved throughout our congregation. And it got on the news and everything else because it was just such a, a, a tragic thing. And there on the sign for our church for the sermon that week, why do bad things wow. happen yeah. to God's people? A guy came up to me and said, Pastor, if you had chosen to preach that this week, I would have said you were being opportunistic. Mm-hmm. He said, but I know you right. didn't. Right, right. He said, I know you didn't. He said, I know that God had that plan because he knew that we needed to hear yeah. this message. I've seen something like that happen mm-hmm. over and over yeah. again. And even in smaller things, like how many times you had a Sunday school teacher come up or yeah. or they'll say, that was our if, that was our topic in Sunday school this morning. Right. Yeah. Again, yeah. how many times have you and I, Todd, talked about the beauty of sequential expositional mm-hmm. book by book preaching, and imagine that God is sovereign? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's a couple of, couple of wonderful. things I want to really reiterate real quick that you said, Stephen. I like the idea you're going to be taking on a long book like a gospel, mm-hmm. uh, Romans, yeah. Acts. Sprinkling in some thematic sermons yeah. that where the sermon is still expositional, mm-hmm. you, you can do that, and, and planning that is key when you do that. But one of the biggest things I want to reiterate that you said, Stephen, I think is so good, is you were talking about on the front end, writing down a few kind of vision, strategic things. Here's where I want to see our church go. I think one of the hardest things for pastors and preaching is application. Mm-hmm. And of course, we want to apply the text. Okay, here's here's the central idea of the text. How does that central idea apply to your daily life? How do I go out and obey this? You know, it's right. it's propositional truth. Right. But at the same time, I think it's really beneficial for pastors to think about application in a little bit of a broader, kind of more thirty thousand foot level. How could I apply this text to the overall direction and vision that I want my church to go? Right. And I think that's a great word right there, brother. Well, and our primary leadership forum as a pastor is the preaching that's moment. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, in just about any size church, the vast majority of your people only receive leadership from you personally mm-hmm. in the preaching moment. That's right. And so if we're not leading from the pulpit, that's we're right. missing a great opportunity to lead. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and if we're leading with a, with a scripturally informed vision, then, then our expositional preaching will also you know, take the vision of the message for, or that, the vision of the church forward. That's a good word. Yeah. Good word. Amen. So I, I planned this, the, the calendar. That's the next step. And then the, the last two steps are these. For, next Share the plan with other church leaders, and that's something that I usually do uh, sometime this time of year, maybe a little bit later on in the fall. And I just sh- I don't share with them the whole plan. I, I get I usually give just the big picture. Here's where we're going this mm-hmm. year. I don't tell them every week. And one of the reasons for that is in any given group of people, there are people. If you share with them all 52 weeks of a plan that you know is going to change. It, they will, it will drive them nuts when you <laughs> yeah. change the plan. <laughs> yeah. So I, I give them the big picture, mm-hmm. and then usually I, ch- I share the plan with them 12 weeks at a time. Mm. 
and on sort of a rolling basis keep the next 12 weeks in front of them. That's been my goal. I don't always get it done like that, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's usually how I try to do it is to share it with them 12 weeks at a time. And here's what I found. As I share my plan, which also expresses my vision, then that ignites in other leaders an excitement for that same vision, and then they begin to make some of their plans based on that same vision. So they might say, well, Pastor, if you're preaching on this, Mm -hmm. then here's what we might do in student ministry, or here's what we might do in children's ministry. And it just sort of ignites a greater excitement in in the direction we're going. That's good. Yeah. And then the last thing is I modify the plan as needed. (laughs) And we've we've already talked about this. You know, the plan is not a master. The plan is a servant. if, if the Holy Spirit leads you to go in a different direction, if needs in the church require that you go in a different direction, then change your direction and, uh, and, and do that. But I found that it's better to have a plan than it is to proceed without any type of plan. You know, one of the things, and Martin Lloyd-Jones talks about this in his book, Preaching Preachers, God's Holy Spirit does not fall arbitrarily. God's Holy Spirit falls on that which is prepared, Mm, right? right. Mm. So when Elijah was on Mount Carmel and he prayed for the fire of God to fall, he prepared, right? Mm. Right? He he set up the stones. He cut up the wood. He cut up the ox. Mm -hmm. He dug the trench. Mm -hmm. He had him pour the water and pour the water Mm -hmm. and pour more water. And then he prayed, and then the fire fell. Mm -hmm. And the fire didn't fall because... Because of anything Elijah had done, really, but God chose to send his fire on that which was prepared. The same, we say the same thing's true with our individual sermons, right? We prepare exactly. our messages. We prepare ourselves to preach our messages because God's fire falls on that which is prepared. And I would say the same thing is true with your overall preaching plan. As you prepare and as you think about, okay, not just one sermon, but the whole course of my preaching, you're preparing an altar onto which God's fire will fall. And then you pray for God's fire to fall. That's good. Yeah. And God God honors that preparation. Good stuff. Todd, I want to encourage pastors to uh, to pick up this book. It's still still rolling along. I think you wrote this like 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago. Planning Your Preaching by Stephen Rummage. Uh, this was one of the books that we chose to be in our pastoral resource uh, that we gave to uh, to pastors. It was one of the options. And so uh, I, I do want to encourage pastors to, uh, to uh, pick up this book, or I'll just give you a little secret. It's just between us and the people listening, <laughs> is that if you contact your regional ministry partner, myself, Buddy Hunt, Brett Selby, Griff Henderson, we may have a few extra copies of this <laughs> left over. And if you'll invite us, we'll buy you lunch and give you the book. Amen. Okay. Dr. Rummage, thank you so much, brother. This was really, really good My and pleasure. really, really helpful, I think, for our preachers. Absolutely. Really, really thank yeah. you for being here and just sharing from your wisdom and your experience. It's Thanks my so honor. Much. Thank you, brother. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.